What do you do when you fail? You know, failure, I think, is one of those uh, eye-opening experiences. Some of you know all too well what that's about. You know, kind of dealing with all the emotions and all the fallout. Uh, It's difficult when, when you fail in life. And according to how big your failure, you not only hit that moment where your eyes are wide open, but you feel like everybody's eyes are on you. You know, you're kind of on full display. And for some of you, this is a really fresh topic. Uh, It's relevant in your life. It's where you are today. For others, it's been a while since you've uh, experienced failure. But know this, failure is part of life. It's something that we all deal with from time to time. And today what I want to do, I want to look at a story about failure. I want to look at a story about how God turns our our failures into successes in in life. So regardless of whether you're failing in your marriage or your parenting or maybe finances or maybe failing in your business or some struggle with sin, when, when you fail, you know, what do you do? What do you do? In our story, we've got some commercial fishermen There's Simon, most of you know him by the name Peter, and James and John. And they've been out all night fishing, and they've caught nothing. Now, I go fishing when I'm down in the Florida Keys, and sometimes I don't catch anything. But for me, that's not a deal because I'm a very casual fisherman. You know, it's not my livelihood. These guys make a living at it. These guys are are pros at fishing. For them to not catch something, it would be kind of like a LeBron James not scoring a basket or Peyton Manning not completing a single pass. If that happened, I guarantee you ESPN would blow up. It would be a big deal. And uh, you'd hear about it all week. How They didn't, didn't score a point, didn't make a pass. These guys are pros. They've been out all night. They return to the shore with nothing. These guys are tired. I'm going to guess they were discouraged and they were a bit uh, frustrated. And so the scene unfolds. These guys are washing their nets. They're, they're doing the normal cleanup routine after they'd been out. Jesus comes by. He's being followed by this crowd. They... There comes a point where Jesus asked to get in their boat, and uh, that's where we'll pick up. It says, he got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, that's Peter again, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then he sat down and he taught the crowd from the boat. Jesus wanted to use their boat. He wanted to use it for a speaking platform. He's trying to get some space, I think, between the crowd and himself so that they could see him and, more importantly, so that they could hear him. And so they push out a bit from the shore, and Jesus starts teaching. Now, when you read the whole story, you get the sense in the conversation that our fishermen apparently know Jesus. They either knew him personally, uh, maybe had heard him speak before, or maybe friends had told them about Jesus. Uh, maybe they'd retold some of the stories that Jesus told. But these fishermen, at the very, very least, 
are, have a familiarity with Jesus, okay? They invite him into their boat. This is the starting point, friends. If you do not get anything else this morning, I want you to get this. If you want to find success, you have to invite Jesus into your boat in life. I mean, it's kind of a question, but have you invited him in your boat? Have you invited him into that situation in your life where you're struggling? You know, can you see him there? Or are you keeping him on the shore? Keeping him at a distance, because we're pretty good at that. They invite Jesus in the boat. They invite him into their situation. And ultimately, they give him control, full control. Scripture says, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out in the deep and let down your net for a catch. For, for Simon, um, the boat, I think, represented his, his vocation or his business. It's how he made a living. Um, and this is no small matter as it kind of unfolds because Peter offers Jesus his boat and he agrees to let Jesus kind of uh, use it for a speaking platform. Jesus says, hey, let's go out for a catch. Let's get some fish. Peter's business. Jesus is getting in Peter's business. When I was reading this, I thought, what do you, what do, you do when Jesus gets into your business? You know, in your personal business. You know, Jesus uh, isn't really interested in being your partner, you know, in some endeavor in your life. He's not even interested in being a co-pilot, and I know you've probably heard messages before on that, but he's not. Jesus wants to be the CEO of your life. He, He wants to call all the shots in your life. He wants to be in your boat, in your business, Because ultimately, Jesus wants to be Lord of all, everything in your life. You want Jesus to bless you? You want God to bless you? You've got to give him everything. It's all yours. I'm taking my cues from you. And I don't know if you catch the sequence in the story, but as it unfolds, Jesus uses Peter's boat. He uses it for his purpose. Peter offers it to him. He offers him his livelihood, basically, and says, here, take it, use it, whatever you want to do. Jesus pushes the the boat out or has them push the boat out. And so they've got a little bit of distance. He's teaching. And what we don't know is how big the crowd is that's there. But I figure it had to be big enough, maybe a couple hundred people, that he needed space from them. Perhaps he also needed the the advantage that the water would would have given him. You know, like, there weren't mics around in that day. There weren't PA systems like we have here. Uh, The water, natural amplification of sound. And so Jesus is speaking from the water. He's using the boat that's Peter's business. It's the center of what he does. And you think about it, Peter's using that to leverage 
reaching people. He's reaching people with that. Then Jesus says, okay, Peter, I'm, I'm done, done speaking. Tell you what, I'm going to take care of your needs now. Real interesting transition. It's, it really has to do with what I call a priority principle in life. You know, Matthew talks about it as he's retelling, Jesus said, you know, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to your life. In other words, God says, you know what? When you put me first in every area of your life, what happens is I bless that area of your life. You know, you put me first in your marriage, I'll bless your marriage. You put me first in your family, I'll bless your family. You put me first in your career and I'll bless your career. Put me first in your business, I'll bless your business. You put me first in your finances, I'll bless your finances. I mean, we could go on and on here. Principle. It's kind of the starting point. Whatever you want God to bless, you got to get God in the first position. You got to get God in that situation. You've got to invite Jesus into that boat, whatever it is. And then you've got to kind of admit that your own efforts have failed. Now, how many of you like to tell people about your failures? <laughs> I mean, there comes a point in your life when you've got to be willing to admit to God and say, you know what, this isn't working. I think it's what the Bible calls confession in our, in our lives. Luke continues, he says, Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long, but we've caught what? Nothing. These guys have been out all night long. 10, 12 hours maybe. Family is dependent on this. They've worked all night. They've caught nothing. These guys are pros. I mean, they know fishing. They know what time of day to go fishing. They know how far to drop the nets. They know everything there is to know about fishing. And the fact is, sometimes even superstars fail in life. These guys are doing something. Not only are they good at it, it's what they were best at. And that's kind of humbling for Peter. I mean, you can almost hear Peter saying, you know what? I'm a pro. I am the best around here. I am really good at this. I've caught nothing. I mean, my my best wasn't good enough today. How many of you ever felt like that in your life? Your best just isn't good enough? You know, I'm doing the best I can and it's not making a difference. You know, I have worked all this time. I've done all this stuff. I'm trying to get a handle on it and nothing. There's nothing to show for it. In fact, I would bet that some of you today, not only do you feel that way, you feel a little bit like just giving up on it. I call it hitting the wall. Friends, invite Jesus into the boat, into every situation in in your life. 
you know, our tendencies to kind of segment our, our lives, to kind of go, you know what, here's my spiritual life, that's what we're doing this morning. This is my work life. Here's my family life over here. And so when we head to work, what we do is we kind of set Jesus down, leave him on the shore, and go work. You know, we head out into the waters on our own, by ourselves. You know, it's kind of, hey, God, take care of the big things in life, world peace, God helped the people in Boston. A lot of prayers lifted up this week. That kind of thing. That's, that's God's stuff. But when it comes to my business, when it comes to my stuff, I'll take care of my career. I'll take care of my earnings. I'll take care of my business. Because why? My business is my business. And we do this compartmentalizing. And friends, if you compartmentalize when it comes to God, you will miss God blessing your life. You know, some of you are discouraged. You know, whatever area it is in your life, invite Jesus into that boat. You know, invite him into every area. Trust him. You know, quit the segmenting thing. Friends, especially especially that area that you're frustrated right now, that area that's fallen apart, that area maybe that you're a little bit ashamed of, that you've got regrets, you've got to get Jesus into that situation in your life and and just be honest, be honest with God. You know, it's a a starting point again to, to just say, God, my best isn't working in this area. And I thought about why, why do we fail in life. I mean, there's a, a lot of reasons for failure. You know, one of, one of the biggest is, is pride. You know, the Bible says uh, pride comes before destruction, an arrogant spirit before a fall. You know, when we think, I know it all, I don't need anybody's help, I can handle this on my own, I'm okay, get out of my way, me, me, me. You know, friends, watch out. That is a recipe for failure. You know, sometimes disobedience makes us fall. There are a lot of failures in life. It's just plain old disobedience. And every once in a while, someone will catch me and they'll go, Pastor, I I need to talk to you. need to talk to you. You know, everything in my life is going wrong. And most of the time, when they say everything and they mean everything... We start talking, and pretty quick, what we find is a lot of disobedience. You know, they're kind of doing their own thing, thumbing their nose at God, ignoring God, and then they go, I don't understand, my, my life's a mess. You know, a lot, of, a lot of stuff, if we're honest with each other, a lot of the problems that we face in life is just because we're disobedient. You know, we we create this mess because we're just not interested in what God has to say. In fact, we think we know better than God many times. You hear it all the time. People go, yeah, I know God says this. But it seems to me 
that this makes more sense. A little bit of pride in that, I think. Oh, oh, sure, sure, God says don't do that, but, but you know what, it's 2013, come on, we've got to be modern and real. And we just get tripped up. Friends, God will not bless you in your life when you're doing your own thing. You know, when you're ignoring his principles, when you ignore his commands, when you ignore his laws. You know, God's principles, his laws, his commands, they're, they're not arbitrary. You know, I think people think God s- sat around one day and he goes, well, it's just boring being the creator of this world. It's just boring. I'm bored to death. Well, let's see. How could I make people's lives miserable? Yeah. That's a good one. They'll hate this principle. Yeah, let's, let's put that in there. Friends, that's not what God did. I don't care what principle you look at. I don't care what law you look at or what command you look at. Every one of them, when you read, you find that there's a benefit in life. You know, it's made by the God that created you, that wanted the very, very best for you in life. That, that thing that you think will make you happy, a lot of times it's not the truth. You get, how many of you have got that thing before and you still weren't happy? I mean, God knows the keys to true happiness, to true peace in life. Again, talk to people often. Their lives are messed up or their marriage is spinning out or their finances are coming undone and you find all this disobedience in it that got them to where they are. It's a great way to hurt yourself. It's a great way to hurt others. And it sets you up for failure. Doubts also will set you up for failure. The book of James talks a lot about it. It says, you know, the one, one who doubts, they're, they're like a wave. They're unstable in all their ways. You know, sometimes we fail because we just can't make up our mind. You know, we, we doubt everything. One minute, we're going this way. Yeah, this is it. This is it. I don't know. I'm not sure about this. I, I don't know. And then we're going the other way. And what happens is you get five years down the road, five turns into 10 and 10 turns into 20. And then when all said and done, you've went 50 directions in your life and you wasted your one and only life. Why? Because you never slowed down long enough to get God's take on things. To listen to God, what God might have you do. And hear this, if you do not figure out why God put you on this planet, I can almost guarantee you, you're going to fail at a lot of things. A lot of things. You've got to figure that out. Discouragement causes you to fail. The, you know, Paul talks about, he says, we'll reap a harvest of blessings. If we don't give up, the fact is some will fall, some of you will fall in the near future because you are about to give up on something. You know, any sports fans here? Sports fans? All right. If you watch sports, there's something you figure out real quick. A lot of games are won in the final seconds. You know, it's always the last inning. It's the last hit. 
That's how it is in life. A lot of failures in life, it's caused because we give up on it. You know, we give up on it. You know, the first step we've got, we've got Jesus, he gets in the, in the boat with you. You've got to trust him and, and admit that, that you failed, that you can't do it on your own. You know, I can't handle this. I, I, I can't do this on my own. It's not working. You know, my best isn't good enough. And friends, if you're going to recover from failure, you've you got to humble yourself there. An attitude that says, God, I I need your help. See, again, prideful people, that's not who God helps. James 4 says, humble yourself before the Lord and he'll lift you up. You know, he'll get involved. So we get in the boat. We admit our failures. And now it's going to get really hard. Do whatever it is that God tells you to do. You know, we're talking about cooperating with the Holy Spirit, cooperating with God, following those instructions, whatever it is, even if it doesn't make sense to just follow. Jesus tells Peter, he says, go out into the deep, let down your nets, let let them down. You know, you've got this, this great picture here. Follow it. Master, we, we've worked all night long, but we've caught nothing. Yes, if you say so, I will let down the nets. He, he responds to, to him and says, you know what? It's going to be different this time. It'll be different. In fact, the story, we know it's big time different. Why? Because Jesus told him, he said, I'll tell you when to go fishing. Now, I'll tell you where to fish. Out in the deep. I'll tell you how to do it. Let down your net. And so he does. And you you kind of expect Peter, you have to remember, this is a commercial fisherman, you kind of expect him to go, hey, I'm the fisherman. I've been doing this my whole life. Besides... Am I right? You're, you're a carpenter, right? What do you know about fishing? But he doesn't do that, does he? He doesn't even argue with Jesus. He just says, yes, if you say so, I'll let down my nets. I think we argue with Jesus. Jesus, you take care of spiritual stuff. I'll, I'll handle my money. I'll decide what vocation I go into. I'll decide what kind of house I buy. My sex life, it's my business, not yours. Jesus wants to help you in every single area. And get this, he knows more than you know. I don't care what the topic is, he knows more than you know. You know, Peter, he doesn't argue, he doesn't delay, he doesn't say, hey, let's think about this and... uh, Maybe uh, tonight when the fish are actually biting, we could go fishing. Peter doesn't listen to his feelings. Peter's tired. He probably 
discouraged, and if he's discouraged, he's probably not in a good mood. But he says, if you say so, we'll try it again. Some of you need to do that in your life. Try again. In your marriage, in your finances, some area where, where you're struggling, you're discouraged. You know, Lord, I've tried. But because you say so, I'll try it again. Only this time, you're in the boat with me. And you're calling the shots. I cannot do this on my own. I need you. See, full obedience, total obedience. Which requires faith. Because you said so. Friends, when you don't fully obey, when you don't fully surrender, when you're disobedient, it hurts you and it costs you and you miss out on God blessing. You know, I wonder today, what, what has God told you to do? You know, what has God pressed you about? You know, whether it's been as you're reading his word or maybe sitting and you're studying the Bible with a group or even here. And you know God's been pressing and you've been kind of delaying. You know, some of you have been putting off accepting Christ as your savior. Wait until you get everything sorted out. You know, some of you, God's been pressing you about a relationship that he, he wants you to get out of or a relationship that he wants you to make right. You know, some of you, it's about your priorities. You know, it's about putting God first in your schedule or in your finances or whatever. For some, God's been pressing you about going and forgiving someone. Many of us, We know what it is. We can put our finger on it. We're just not doing it. And friends, if that's your status, God will not bless you in your life. When you're doing your own thing, when you're ignoring him, when you're not obeying him, not listening to his commands, his nudgings. You know, obedience always requires, always requires faith. Jesus says, launch out into the deep. Well, why? Why would I do that? It's where the fish are. It's where the blessing is. You know, but so many times, we just, we resist that. And this is hard to, to hear maybe, but I am convinced that many times Christians like to stay in the shallow water. You know, we like to splash around in the shallow water. You know, catch a few minnows. And we go, wow, this is living. Is it really? You know, it's been my observation that many times Christians just don't want to get their feet wet. They got just enough Christianity to bug them, make them feel guilty 
They can feel bad, but not enough to bless them. In fact, some will spend their entire lives in the shallow. Never launch out. Why? Because they're afraid. Afraid of the deep water. I mean, it's safer in the shallow. I mean, some are afraid of getting in over their head. Oh no, what's going to happen? Some are afraid because of the effort that it may take, that God may require. Some are afraid of getting out in the deep because they might have to change something in their life. And here's the big one. I think many times we don't get out in the deep waters because we're not willing to give up control. I like to be in control. And friends, my best advice to you today is when God says, launch out into the deep, you just do it. You go for it. You take a risk. You head out in the deep. Even if you're afraid. Even if it doesn't make sense. Even if you think, I'm not sure I can do this. You just do it. You know, it may be frightening. It may be the most difficult thing you've ever done in your life. But again, my observation and my personal experience is when it is the most difficult, it is also the most rewarding when you take the step and you get out there. You know, when you invite Jesus into that area that, that you've failed, when you admit that your best isn't working, that you're, you're failing, you can't do it on your own, when, when you're obedient and you're willing to take all of your cues, not part of them, all of them, from Jesus, full obedience, even when you're afraid, even when it doesn't make sense, when you do all that, I believe you can expect that God will turn that failure into success. I imagine that uh, Jesus is in the boat with Peter. And in spite of the fact that Peter is just tired and discouraged, in spite of the fact that his sense of failure that he's carrying from the night before. He had Jesus in the boat. He'd heard stories about Jesus at least. But you get the sense that Peter is anticipating what could happen, might happen. See, I think Peter had faith. He just didn't know what was going to happen. You know, Matthew says, according to your faith, it will be done to you. Jesus taught that many, many times. I hear in that you get to choose your life a little bit. You know, that God is more than capable of turning around that thing in your life that you feel like you just can't get a handle on. You know, when, when you take that failure, you give it to God, God can turn it around. You know, when, where God guides, he provides. You know, God, God is in the forefront and he's working. And so scripture goes on. It says, when they had done, done this, they had lowered the nets. They caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boats to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats 
so that they began to what? Can you picture that? They had, they had so many blessings. They couldn't, couldn't handle it all. They'd filled their boat. They, they, why, why is it? I mean, I would argue Jesus was there in the midst of it. They had so many blessings that they had to give them away. Here, bring your boat over here. We got to fill your boat up too. And do not miss this, friends. God wants to bless your life that way. You know, he really does. And, you know, we're not talking, people always go materialistic with this stuff. But we're talking about God wants to bless you with peace and and joy and contentment. He wants to bless you with the power to overcome in your life, to overcome sin, to overcome obstacles and situations in life. He wants to free you up from things like fear and worry. He wants to supply your needs, not your greeds. He wants to take care of you. He wants you to have an abundant life. You know, way beyond what you could even begin to imagine. So, so you got these boats, these boats. They're, they're full of fish. So many fish, they're starting to sink. These guys have been fishermen most of their lives. They are pros at it. They do it for a living. I'm guessing these guys had had some great fishing experiences. They may have even had a few legendary fishing experiences. I know, because fishermen, they had a lot of stories. (laughs) And they'd grown with each telling. In all the years that he'd been fishing, he'd never seen anything like this. It's the ultimate fishing experience. Night before, they'd caught nothing. This time, Scripture says they, they were amazed at what they saw. I mean, what's the difference? Same boat, same lake, same nets, same fishermen. But the difference is Jesus is in the boat this time. Peter knew. He knew Jesus when he got in the boat. You know, probably had heard Jesus teach before. But he definitely heard him teach that day. Jesus is in the boat. He saw Jesus as a teacher initially. Jesus asked him to go out into the deep and he had enough of this level of trust in Jesus. He'd seen enough or heard enough about Jesus that he calls Jesus master. But friends, when Peter sees the massive amount of fish, for the first time he really sees Jesus. Scripture says, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, go away from me, Lord, for I'm a sinful man. For he and all who were with him, all the fishermen that day, were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. Peter not only realized that Jesus was a divine teacher. When he first got in his boat, that's kind of what he thought. He thought, he's a really good teacher. But now he realizes he's in the boat 
with the divine. It's with God. It's in the presence of God. That's why he answers the way he does. He goes, go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. See, that's what people do when they're in the presence of God. It undoes you. You know, it exposes you. The, the divine will drive you to your knees. It's a holy moment. It's a defining moment. It is a moment that would change Peter's life forever. You know, these fishermen, you know, I th- they probably thought, this is the greatest catch in the history of fishing. It will never get any better. We will never top this. And they would be wrong. Scripture says when they had brought their boats to the shore, and I love this part. Can you picture this? They left everything. And I mean everything. They left their boats, they left their careers, they left it all, and they followed him. They returned to the shore, and they left it all. See, these fishermen were more interested in Jesus than they were in catching fish. And I think these fishermen were smart enough to realize that there were more blessings that were to come in life if they just stayed focused on Jesus. And so they left everything and they followed him. Prince, some of you are discouraged today. Some of you, it may be a marital issue. It may be a family issue, a financial issue. It may be a vocational dilemma in your life. You know, maybe that failure, maybe it's on full display. Everybody knows. Or maybe nobody knows. But it's here. And it's heavy. For some of you, it has been a long season and I know some of you are ready to give up on whatever it is you've been fishing all night and you caught nothing and nothing's working and friends the, it's really quite simple what I'm saying to you today invite Jesus into the boat with you admit your best isn't working Stop holding back. Stop trying to walk the line between "Eh, how can I do my stuff my way and do God's way also because I kind of want to do both. Friends, you just got to trust him and obey whatever it is that God's calling you to do and just say, Lord, you say so? I will do it. And when you do that, you can expect that God gets involved and he turns that failure, whatever it is, into a success. Some of you need to write uh, Galatians 6, 9. Paul writes this. You ought to write this down, put it on your refrigerator, put it at your desk, put it somewhere where every day you get reminded. Paul writes, he says, So don't get tired of doing what's good. What's godly is what I hear in that. Don't get discouraged and give up, for we will reap a harvest of blessings at the appropriate time. If you don't give up, if you stand in and you keep going and you let Jesus pull up alongside you to accomplish whatever it is you need to accomplish.
I invite you to do that. Let's bow in a word of prayer. Our holy God, God, you, you're amazing. God, I know from uh, personal experience you've taken many of my failures and you've turned them around. God, I know there are others that would stand and give testimony to that. But I also know, God, today there are some their hearts are breaking and hurting and they're frustrated and maybe angry. God, I just pray they'd have the courage to just invite you into that boat. Invite you in, not just to that area, but every area of their life. But God, I know with you, all things are possible. Pray your Holy Spirit would uh, encourage just to take that step and to trust you. Trust your word. Trust those nudgings from your Holy Spirit. God, you are in control of all things. God, if you say, go out into the deep, we'll go with you. God, I can't wait to see what we'll catch what you'll do, what we'll discover. God, we give you the glory. We give you the praise this day and every day. God's people said,